Hello and welcome to the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your hosts, Kristen and Rebecca. This is a podcast where we talk about glam, glitz, and what life is really like with a crown. This is a podcast for those girls who have inhaled more hairspray than they have oxygen. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pageant Buzz podcast. You are here with your host, Rebecca, and I am missing my co-host, Kristen, today, but we have a very special guest with us. We have today our Ms. New Jersey International 2023 Jackie Schiffer joining us. She was very recently crowned and we are so thrilled to have her as our guest today. Jackie, welcome to the Pageant Buzz. Thank you so much for having me, Rebecca. So you were very recently crowned, what, like two or three weeks ago? Yeah, it's been three weeks. It's kind of hard to believe. And tell me a little bit about that whole experience. Was that your first contest? How did you get into this pageant? Just give us a little bit of your background of how you got into pageantry. Absolutely. So I got started in pageantry at 19, um, competing in Miss America local pageants. Um, I always joke that I was a how-to in reverse because I wasn't somebody that won the first or second or third time. Um, For our listeners, it wasn't even the fifth time. Um, I won my first title on my sixth try. And with that developed not only, you know, great, a great sense of persistence and tenacity, but a real love for pageantry. Um, So I relocated from the Midwest um, to New York City back uh, almost 12 years ago now and got involved in pageantry while I was living in New York City. And then came to New Jersey International after taking about a six or seven year break uh, from pageantry. So during that time, I was coaching um, and came across the New Jersey International system. But because I was living in New York um, at the time, I wasn't eligible. So I was thrilled that this year when I moved to New Jersey that I could compete for the title. Okay, back up just a little bit. You said you are from the Midwest. Where are you originally from? So I grew up in the Chicago suburbs in a town called Palatine, and okay. then I attended the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Okay, so then you went to New York um, for performing. What were you going to New York for? Yeah, so I went to New York to perform and to work in the cultural arts sector. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, God willing, I have been able to do that for the last 12 years. So I still perform and am still working in the cultural arts sector. That's Phenomenal. So you are very similar to me that you got your start in the Miss America program. I am very similar to you that I was a runner up many, 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 many times. I will tell you, I was a runner up 19 times in the Miss America program as a local title every time, right? Yes. And I will tell you, I paid so much of my college experience through being a runner up at a local pageant. And so for every girl who ever considers doing local pageants, I'm like, even if you don't win, you're going to gain so much out of this. You're going to gain interview experience. You're going to gain confidence. Um, So much about yourself, performance experience, if that's something you're interested in. Plus, I will tell you, and you probably will attest to the same, I've never not gotten a job mm-hmm. Pretty in much the professional world. In the professional world, there have been jobs that I have not gotten, um, but I would say that every time I have gotten into the room, there have been two times where I have gotten into the room in a New York City interview process and not gotten the job. And both of those times, I advanced to final rounds um, as a candidate. 
So mm -hmm. the interview skills definitely were something that really helped me to feel confident in front of people in high pressure situations. And I think you just, you learn by competing that especially when you're a runner up many times, everybody has an opinion and a lot of advice for you, but you learn how to authentically be yourself against the backdrop of all that noise. And let me ask you just as somebody who's competed a lot and maybe not always won, what do you think was different this time around now that you did win the crown versus some of those times where you were a runner up? What do you think was different this year versus some of those other experiences? So I think that competing as a Miz is very different than competing as a Miss. Um, but what I would say about the experience in general, like comparing, you know, the times when I was just getting started in pageantry is that I think a lot of people go into a competition and they're looking for the title to change their lives, not the other way around. So I think it's important as a title holder to really go in with an understanding of who you are and what you can bring to an organization and like how you can help strengthen and build the mission of that organization. Um, I think that younger contestants or people that are new to pageantry, they're more interested in like, oh, I want to go to nationals and, you know, I want to win the crown. Um, mm -hmm. But it's really not about that. Um, and I think that as an MS contestant, I really had an understanding and a commitment of, you know, what I wanted to do um, in my state. And then I would say, too, having a developed life outside of pageantry is really important. Um, of course, you know, you and I both know that competing is very time consuming. But I think it's important to have a well-rounded life. Um, you know, we all, of course, hope that we win the title, but sometimes even the best prepared people don't resonate with the judges on that you know, particular day for whatever reason. And so I think it's important to know that, know that you've won in the sense like that you've gained something and developed as a person, regardless of what happens. I, I could not agree more. I think that is so important to know that your value does not come from that crown and sash. It comes from who you are walking into the room and not from who you are as you get crowned. Mm -hmm. that, that's not what's going to gain your confidence or gain your value as a person at all. And I think that that is such a valuable lesson that we learn sometimes as we grow in age and life experience, but there are contestants I know who, who know that very early in their life. And mm -hmm. it took me as a person a lot longer, I think, to learn that about myself than others. But I am so thankful for that day that that kind of clicked in my brain that I didn't need a crown to define me or to make me into somebody worthy of a crown. Mm -hmm. I already was worthy of one. And the second I realized that is when I started winning. Totally. And, you know, I think that it's it's just really important to have a life that you love, regardless of whether or not you are the title holder. I, you know, of course, I hoped that I would win, but I feel really blessed to have competed at a place in my life where um, I had this great moment before crowning and they announced Miss Congeniality at our pageant. And I actually I was awarded Miss Congeniality. And, you know, you and I both know, like, typically Miss Congeniality does not end up winning uh, the overall title. And yes. I'm like so proud of the per moment of like personal growth though that I had had from the time, you know, I was 19 or 20 years old because I thought, wow, like this is so great. Um, I've enjoyed my peers. They, we've developed authentic relationships. 
And you know, I'm really okay if I don't win this. Like I've had a great time. I've developed as a person. Um, you know, I think it's important uh, to be able to get to that place. But also what a huge compliment when the judges and your peers recognize you as someone who would be a great fit for the crown. To me, there is nothing better as a judge than seeing the person that you chose as the winner also be chosen as Miss Congeniality. I love that as a judge, when the girl that you know you chose to win is also the girl that the women chose as Miss Congeniality. I love seeing that. No, I was deeply honored. Um, and it's mm -hmm. something that, you know, I haven't taken lightly and have really tried to also prioritize um, as the state title holder, really connecting with uh, the local queens and making sure that they feel celebrated and supported. And something I thought was really cool about your New Jersey pageant is that title was chosen amongst every division, not just the Ms. division. Yes, that's true. So that's a really big honor because th that was not just for your group. That was across every division, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's correct. Really cool. Very, very cool. So tell me a little bit about what it was about the international system that drew you to it. So there were a few things. Um, obviously, every organization is different, but our state organization is absolutely incredible. We have a phenomenal director, Miss um, Mary Moulds, and Mary just puts her heart and soul into the pageant to make sure that everyone has a great time. Um, you know, she promises all the contestants that it will be the most fun that they've ever had at a pageant. And I can attest that it was the most fun pageant that I've ever been to. Um, there are just so many opportunities to really connect with your peers and with people in different divisions that frequently you don't get a chance to have at organizations. But I really love international outside of the state of New Jersey because of its emphasis on the platform. Um, I really liked being able to delve into my work as a food security advocate, and I liked that that was really celebrated by the pageant um, in the sense that Yes, we have a personal interview that is a very large chunk of our score, as well as an onstage portion of competition where you're delivering a prepared statement on your platform and then answering a question. But along with that, you submit a platform page. And so I was able to feature the logos of organizations that I had worked with, you know, what drew me to the issue, what my plan was, and then photos of different appearances that I had done. Um, and so often I just feel like that is something that gets lost in the shuffle at a lot of pageants. We have talked to several directors and title holders within the international organization. I'm a former international title holder, and I agree that it is such a unique aspect to this pageant, that platform page. It is really like your, I feel like it's almost like a one page magazine ad showcasing what it is that you have done and what you will do as a title holder is the mm -hmm. best way I can describe it for people who are unfamiliar with it. It's a way to showcase, here's what I've done, here's what I'm going to do. And it's a, a really, it, it is this beautiful way to sort of say, look at the things I would do as your potential Ms. or Mrs. or whatever state title holder. And as a judge, you have typically 30 days to be looking at this page and gathering your questions that you would want to ask this contestant. And then you have five minutes to sit down and one-on-one -on -one talk to that contestant and really deep dive in 
why do you, why did you choose this platform? Why is this important to you? Tell me about these accomplishments and tell me about these goals. How are you going to accomplish them? And let's dive deeper into that instead of really, I wouldn't say wasting time, but you know, a lot of other platform or a lot of other systems just kind of, you get to that surface level of here is what my platform is, but you don't have that deep dive time, but you don't have to spend that, that really shallow time because they have had a month to kind of learn about your platform. So you're Mm -hmm. not having to spend that time with international doing that because your judges know, they know who you are. They're very familiar with you. They've had a month to sort of get to know you in a way with your social media, with your platform page, with your bio sheet. And now they really feel like they already got, they already know you when you sit down. It's such a different feeling. Would you say? Mm -hmm. I I would agree with that. I felt sometimes when I have competed in the past, I haven't really felt like the work that I've done in my community has been really understood or that it's even Mm -hmm. something that I get asked about in the interview. And by contrast at New Jersey International, the judges were just extremely well-prepared and briefed um, ahead of time on what the organization is looking for in a title holder. But like to your point, they also really seemed to have been, you know, viewing my social media and they had clearly read my paperwork and came prepared as opposed to just, you know, taking a quick glance. And, you know, it's the first time that maybe a judge is looking at your paperwork. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned that food security is your platform. Would you tell the listeners just a little bit more about your platform and the work that you're doing? Yes, absolutely. So my platform is New Jersey Hunger Heroes, and I am working to end hunger by empowering children and adults to become advocates and volunteers in their local community. Um, I've been involved with food security since I was a child and, you know, currently work um, as a volunteer public advocate in the state of New Jersey. Um, I love volunteering at food banks and soup kitchens and food pantries, but I realized I had a real opportunity as a state title holder to help other people leverage those skills and that enthusiasm for use in their own local communities. And so that's, you know, what I am currently doing. Um, I hope to reach all 21 counties and really just empower people to organize their own food drives, to become educated on food security and why it's a problem in our country, Um, to, you know, set up a community garden or to volunteer at a local organization. Um, I'm just really hoping to flip the script on hunger in New Jersey. I, you are not the first person I've talked to in your state who has noticed this issue in your state. Mm-hmm. What do you think is that underlying issue that maybe is causing this lack of food security? Do you think it is a poverty issue? Do you think it's an education issue? Do you think there's something that can be done to really get ahead of this problem with children? Or do you think it's just truly a financial resource issue? Wow, I mean, that that's such a uh, thoughtful question and many questions embedded in what you just asked. So I think there are a lot of contributing factors to food security. Um, one of the largest is food waste in our country. So nationally, I believe it is one third of all food that is produced in the United States is wasted. Um, this is you know, detrimental to our environment, but also really creates um, It really is just such an unfortunate thing because we have people that have a high level of need. Um, So making sure that food gets redirected to individuals in need, I think, is really important. 
Um, in New Jersey, the number of the amount of food waste really increases to 40%. And, and studies show that if Americans were to reduce their food waste by just 10%, we would produce enough food to eliminate all of um, the hunger issues that we're facing. So I think that really wow. eliminating food waste is a huge deal. Um, in my county, uh, before I became Ms. New Jersey, I was Ms. Mercer County. And something I thought that was really interesting and unique about my part of the country is that Mercer County has suburban, rural, and urban areas. So I think that when we're thinking about food policy, um, there isn't a one-size-fits-all formula. Um, you know, how you would handle a, an urban environment is different than what might work best in a rural community. And given um, how climate change is impacting agricultural systems, I think that you know, many of the solutions that might have worked 20 years ago are, are changing and rapidly changing. Um, but you know, with that, we also have technology on our side that didn't exist you know, 20 years ago. I can log on to an app today um, and find local food pantries. I can volunteer for a shift at a community garden. Um, so I think that there's a lot of dialogue that needs to happen and a lot of resource sharing. And then the last thing I would end with is the importance of empathy. Um, and that's a big piece of what I want to talk about with children and with adults. Um, I think that hunger is stigmatized, poverty is stigmatized in our country and you know in other parts of the world. But I want people to know that um, this isn't something to be ashamed of. Um, you know, food is essential to our life. It's part of culture. It's uh, connected to our environment and to our economic systems. Um, it really, it's how we celebrate, you know, the best in life and everyone is deserving of food um, and, you know, and having a healthy and nutritious meal. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I don't want people to feel that there's anything that needs to be stigmatized. I think that we need to humanize um, the issue of hunger and really have more empathy instead of, um, you know, pointing fingers and, um, politicizing the issue, which, you know, sometimes happens here a lot. Yeah. It's interesting to me, um, every time I think about it, because I did grow up on a ranch that what that was producing food. So I grew up in such an agricultural background where I had a garden and I, my dad was a rancher where we grew our own food, both beef and, you know, we had a garden in our backyard. Wow. So for me, thinking about some of these issues isn't necessarily foreign to me because people in my town were very food insecure, mm -hmm. but it was, it's just, a, it's such a different environment for me to think about, um, especially a very urban environment because it's just so different from where I grew up. But now I live in a city where people in my kids' school and people in my neighborhood are food insecure. So it is very different for me now from where I grew up. So it's something I see every day, but it's so different from how I grew up. So I often think about that, like, how do I take what I grew up with and translate that to where I live today? So I am very interested in hearing what you were saying, because it's just, I would love to be able to take some of those things I grew up with and bring them to where I live today. But I just don't really have those resources to, you know, bring a ranch to the city that doesn't happen. So how do we do that? But I love that idea of like the community garden, some mm -hmm. of those ideas that you have. I think those are fantastic, phenomenal ideas. And I do know of several schools here in Oklahoma where I live that have 
gardens at their school that kids actually learn to harvest and grow that garden. And then they use those um, foods to eat the lunches and breakfast during the school year, which I think is amazing. I think that's super cool. Um, we have mm -hmm. a few organizations here in New Jersey that do farm to table uh, work mm -hmm. with different schools or that um, help organize CSAs. So, you mm -hmm. know, fresh produce gets delivered to schools or to different parts of the state that might have a more urban area. Um, but when I lived in New York City, you would see urban gardens, um, you know, rooftop gardens on a, a school. And it was very yeah. interesting to see, you know, how, um, how different communities are, are thinking creatively about this issue. I think there's so many really creative ways that people can start thinking that are unique and different. Um, my dad, actually, he's older now and they live in town. They don't live out on the ranch anymore, but he actually has like pots and buckets that he has gardens in now because he can't get down on the ground as much. So mm -hmm. he planted gardens and buckets in the backyard and that works too. So there are very creative ways that you can still learn um, and teach your kids, even in a small area, even if it's just herbs in your window, just starting to learn some of those new and different ways that a lot of people have never explored that I think are really unique and creative. I love it. Totally. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about just you as a person, as Jackie, not as a title holder. Tell us a little bit about who you are as um, maybe regular Jackie, not necessarily title holder Jackie. Absolutely. So I am currently a performing artist. I am trained as an opera singer and do a lot of musical theater and acting um, in the New York City and New Jersey area. I work in the nonprofit sector as a professional fundraiser for a large performing arts center that's opening in New York City this fall. And then I recently decided to go back to school. So I'm also a diplomacy student at the United Nations Institute for Training and Research. Those are some very varied fields. Yes. <laughs> I think this is incredibly interesting. What made you want to go back to school and especially for diplomacy? Let's talk about that. Yeah, so diplomacy was something that I had been interested in since I was about 12 or 13 years old. Uh, we did a model United Nations conference in my seventh grade history class, and I was pretty much just taken uh, from the very first moment. But um, in high school, I was involved in model United Nations and had originally planned to double major in international studies and in music performance um, in college. Um, I ended up attending University of Illinois and receiving um, a bachelor's in voice performance. Um, and so like during that time, I got to study abroad and pursue a lot of language instruction, but because of my conservatory training, it just wasn't the most feasible to also do um, an international studies degree. Um, and for a long time, I just thought that perhaps that window of opportunity had passed. Um, I'm definitely a non-traditional student in the sense that I'm 34 years old. Um, but during the pandemic, I just had this moment where I felt like the time was now and that I wasn't too old and that I was going to pursue a second master's degree and, you know, find a place that I could affordably do so and, you know, do so while I'm working full time. And I've been pursuing it with a gusto since August. Um, it's opened up some really interesting opportunities that I would not have possibly imagined if you had told me two years ago. Let's imagine 
five years from now, I know that pageant girls hate this question, but what do you imagine you'll be doing? It's a great question. I think that hopefully I will be balancing a career in the international relations field, um, either working in a philanthropy or a foundation setting that works with arts and culture, but also different um, international development issues. Or, you know, perhaps I'll be working in a government role. Um, I'm really passionate about how arts, culture, and education help people to learn about and from um, those that are different from us. And I think that you know, there's a lot uh, of discussion on how public diplomacy is um, just really a tool for the 21st century. Um, but, you know, beyond that, I really hope in the next five years that I'm married and that I'm a mom. So, you know, we'll see how all those things come together. Do you anticipate that you could see yourself competing as a missus if that were to be happening in your life? I get asked this all the time. I have to say there is a Mr. New Jersey in my life. And okay. he, he is a very dedicated Mr. New Jersey. I have to say um, he deserves a crown too. Um, Joe is extremely supportive of pageantry and the Ms. New Jersey International Pageant was actually his first pageant. Um, so, you know, he realized just, you know, what goes into competing. Um, he thought it was just about the dress. And I think he realized through the course of appearances and supporting me along the way that it really is just so much more than that. Um, so when he gets, you know, teased about, you know, me doing a Mrs. Pageant, um, he's expressed he's on board. Okay, well, we will definitely be keeping an eye out for you in the Mrs. Pageant circuit in the future and uh, keeping our eye out for that. You will, I'm sure, have a potentially different last name, but we will keep our mm -hmm. eye out for Mrs. Uh, Pageant land in the future for you. But for now, you have lots on your plate as Ms. New Jersey International. So I'm sure your year is already chock full of big events and appearances. You mentioned lots of things on your plate. Do you have one or two big goals coming up that you would like to share? So this evening, actually, I am facilitating a panel of five food security experts across the state of New Jersey, and I'm really excited for that to be an opportunity for adults to learn more um, about food security. It'll also be recorded, and so I hope to share that more. Um, broad strokes, though, throughout my year, I am planning to do a PJs and PBJ event uh, where we'll be making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for Trenton Area Soup Kitchen. Um, America's Grow a Row has a community harvest event, so I will be leading a team of Ms. New Jersey. And then at the end of the year, I am hoping to put my musical skills um, to the test for you know a good cause by doing caroling for a cause at a local mall. So I'm hoping that it will be a community gathering where people can sing along um, and just you know, get in the holiday spirit, but also make um, donations to Community Food Bank for New Jersey. Oh, that sounds so fun. I love the PJs and PBJs. That's such a cute idea. What a fun calendar you've already built for yourself. Such a fun thing. Okay. Well, well, we always play a little fun, like kind of quick buzz round. So if you would be so willing, I'm just going to throw out like little questions and just shout out the first thing that comes to mind if you would be so willing to play. You got it kind of like a speed round okay um would you rather um compete in fun fashion or fitness wear fun fashion um gown or 
Interview. Interview. Favorite gown designer? Oh, Juan Carlos Pinera. Oh, favorite color to compete in? They say winners wear white, but I'm a royal blue. Oh, okay. Are you a extensions girl or natural hair? Extensions. <laughs> Do you believe in the whole mantra of hands on top? Hands on top? Um, like in the final two, when you're holding hands oh, at the end. Oh, 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 sure. Yeah, who doesn't love a good pageant superstition? Okay. Do you have a pageant mantra? Uh, be yourself. Have a good time. Love it. Do you have a pageant power song? Unstoppable by Sia. Ooh, that's a good one. Favorite um, interview prep song before you walk in? Is that is that it? Isn't she lovely? Isn't she lovely? You got to kind of keep it calm. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I figured because you're like so musical, you would have lots of a great playlist. Yes. Is being a part of the international system, like this, the different sister queens that you have mm -hmm. more fun than being a single title holder in a system? I definitely think so. I mean, they both have different, you know, benefits, but I've really enjoyed the community. Mm -hmm. I think that was one of my favorite parts of being part of the international was having all the sister queens. I loved it. Tell me your favorite pageant memory. Hmm. My favorite pageant memory would be winning my first crown and noticing that my mother was jumping up and down so much that she is in a lot of the photos that my friend took just jumping. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's so, so, so sweet. I bet she was just ecstatic. Yeah. Okay. Dream pageant title. Ooh. Well, maybe, you know, Mrs. International one day. Oh, very good one. I love it. Okay. Well, you aced the speed round. Great job. Thank you. Okay. Finally, we always wrap up with a Chris's question of the week. I know that this may or may not make sense to you, but I am kind of known to all of my clients as Chris Jenner because I'm sort of like a momager. Got so it. I always ask a Chris Jenner question of the week. Are you ready? I am ready. If you were to be able to meet with your state's governor and sit down with them and have a discussion, what would you talk to them about? Well, first, I would thank Governor Murphy for being the first state in the country to establish an office of the food security advocate. Um, governor Murphy's done a great job in that regard of really making sure that food security stays on the radar of our state legislature. Um, but something that I would want to talk to him about is it is so fantastic that we had such a landmark legislative session, but people are, are still hungry in New Jersey and those numbers are growing now that a lot of pandemic era um, support systems um, have ended. And so I would just want to talk to him about how are we monitoring these programs and really making sure that they're serving who um, they're intended to serve. Okay, now I have to ask you this one because Yesterday was April 25th. It was. And it was New Jersey's per perfect day in honor it of was. your state. Did you have a perfect day? I did have a perfect day. 
<laughs> okay, it was a good. cold in it was a little cold in New Jersey, but with a light jacket, you could enjoy it. Perfect. It was just a perfect day. <laughs> It was. Did you happen to see that um, the Miss New Jersey for America wore the Miss Congeniality costume for her state costume last year at Miss, uh, Miss for America Strong? I did see that. She looked fantastic. I was so proud. It, Um, it was I... one of the best costumes. We were at the pageant and when she came out, we were dying. We were like, oh my gosh, this is the best costume. No, I loved it. I thought it was so great. So well done. And um, yeah, I think that anybody that any pageant girl loves this congeniality. But now that I am a Ms. New Jersey, it just it has even more of a special meaning. At the PJs and PBJ party, you better believe we're watching Miss Congeniality. Oh, it has to be playing in the background at Yeah. all times. Like it just needs to be on a loop. Yes. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jackie. We cannot wait to follow the rest of your year. Where can all of the listeners follow along with you on social media? So they can follow me on Instagram at Ms. New Jersey Intel. I-N-T-L 2023. All right. Well, we will be sure to link that in the show notes and tag you on social media when the episode releases. Thank you so much for joining us. It was absolutely our pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. We are currently booking our next guest, so follow us on Instagram at pageantbuzzpod and send us a DM if you'd like to be a guest on our podcast.